Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. A bottle of Lucas Complete Fuel Treatment can clean your system and help your engine get more MPGs. Right now, you can get two bottles for only $9.99. A great deal to help you go a great deal farther. Find Lucas Complete Fuel Treatment and everything you need for better fuel efficiency at any one of our 6,300 stores. Get in the zone, Restrictions apply. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And in honor of what we saw on Thursday Night Football, we're going to be looking to shake and baker it up the next three hours as we've got a lot to talk about, including what we all saw on Thursday Night Football and what we're going to be seeing the rest of this slate in terms of Week 14 in the NFL, a slate that has a surprising amount of teams that are on by. So there's a lot to discuss there. And we're going to really get that started in about 15 minutes as Joe Fan. He does great work over at WinBet. He is one of their he is one of their best. He is going to be joining me, so we're going to have some fun there. And then we've got Eli Hershkovich, who's going to be joining me in about 45 minutes. He does terrific work. He is over there at the Lions. We're going to be talking some college basketball with him. Mackenzie Kramer is joining me in hour number two with Mackenzie. He does absolutely amazing work over at ESPN and ESPN Chalk and we round things out with Megan Payton, who does great work over at Wager Talk. She is going to be talking to me a little bit about the NFL, but on top of that, we're going to be talking a little bit of NBA with her. We're going to cover a little bit of everything. We're going to cover some NBA. We're going to go into Thursday Night Football and the rest of this week's NFL slate. We'll try to get a little bit of insights with regards to college bowls and what we're all going to be seeing there because I do think that that's one of the most interesting things to gauge. If you want... Something in which you really have to go away from the stats and you need to really deep dive. College Bowls is right there for you, but we've got a ton that is coming up within the next three hours. And what we've got to take a look at is just 
what we all just saw on Thursday Night Football. We've been seeing a lot of, shall we say, not-so-savory Thursday Night Football matchups, and for about the first 55 minutes of this one, if you've got, like, your great series, like Godfather Part 1, Godfather 2, this would have been Godfather 3. This was not good. You had the Rams. They were trailing by 13 points, and they pull it off with Baker Mayfield, a guy I didn't think we'd be talking too much about here on this Thursday night, being able to pull off a 98-yard drive as the Rams. They went by a count of 17-16, to 16, and what I really think is the biggest takeaway in all of this, because we're going to have all the hoopla about the Rams, we're going to have all the hoopla about Baker Mayfield. Is he actually going to have a little bit of a landing spot with the Rams? For this next season, will he be there in 2023? Is he going to be looking elsewhere? You're able to go down the line. I think the question is, in sports in general, you're always able to give credit where credit is due to the winning team, and you're always able to blame the losing team. But it's always about trying to figure out what happened a little bit more. Did the Rams win this game, or did the Raiders lose this game? And there's a lot of different debates, because I'm someone that I do a lot with baseball, and I'll always be like, man... Pitcher X, he gave one up right down the middle, and then I'll have someone come back at me. It's like, yeah, but that hitter had to do a good job with his hand-eye coordination, had to put good wood to that ball and be able to hit a home run, and it's always very true. There's always one side of things, and you've always got the other, but that said, when it comes down to it in this one, I think that there's a very, very clear answer on this one. The Raiders lost this game more so than the Rams won it, and they become the Fourth team in the last, I believe it's now 40 years, to blow four separate leads of at least 13 points in the same season. And this is just exactly what you're looking to avoid in sports betting. Teams are very volatile, and they do this. I have been guilty of being very, very much a stan of the Baltimore Ravens this season, and I'm probably still a little bit too bullish on them. I will admit my own faults. I have been very high on the Ravens all season long, but with them, they fall right into that vector as well. A team that has had a fourth quarter lead in every single game this season, but man, have they come up snake eyes quite a bit this season as well, blowing all those fourth quarter leads and with the Raiders, just all comes down to coaching again. And it's the hardest thing to quantify in sports betting, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college basketball, whether it's NBA, whether it's Major League Baseball in terms of managing. You just have no idea when stupidity is going to happen. And the Rams, or the Raiders, in that final drive, they were the uh, they were the epitome of stupidity. I mean, just what happened with that sack? And then you got the unsportsmanlike penalty. You had the, I forget if it was a hold or a pass interference, but secondary gets a penalty on the interception that would have closed out the game. Heck, you're even able to go back to the first half. What in the world was that interception with like 45 seconds remaining? I mean, it's just bad upon bad. Our good friend Taylor, who does absolutely excellent work doing audio on this show. By the way, everyone behind the scenes, they do incredible work. You've got my producer, Jason Kahn. He always puts together tremendous guest lists night in, night out. And he's got a very difficult job. He has to keep me in line. I mean, I do not envy anyone with that job. Everything that you're seeing on screen, that is courtesy of our good friend Nick. He does great work. And every single hour of this show, the show that preluded me, VSIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi and Wes, they do an absolutely incredible job. So if you tune in just for myself, I encourage you to tune in a little bit earlier because those guys, 
They do great work. They're able to cash you some tickets if you're looking a little bit more for live betting since I am more or less doing a little bit more of the wrap-up. I typically don't have as many live games here, so I always recommend that. And Sean, it's man that posts up all those podcasts, vcin.com slash podcast for all that. But Taylor was making a really, really good joke. I felt like I absolutely had to give him credit where credit is due. Looks like the Raiders need a new car. So that was... That was A-plus, and I do not recommend getting the other car that played in the NFL. David turned out to be a little bit of a lemon as well. He's doing a great job as an analyst, by the way, and a little bit of that was just the circumstances that he was put in as he was finding himself on his back a little bit too much with the Texans. They never did a good job of helping him out, but, man, you've got to be just sitting here wondering at this point what in the world to make out of the Raiders, and how do you just maximize the value that you're able to get with some of these inconsistent teams, because I think it's very, very fair to say the Raiders are an inconsistent team. They have played in terms of their metrics and they have played overall better than their record of five and eight would indicate. I think that that's very fair to say. It's also very fair to say that their late game execution on a scale of one to 10 has been about a negative 27.5 this year as well. And you just get some of those teams like something that I've been doing in terms of college basketball is to use a team that has been very polarizing in college basketball this year, the old Georgetown Hoyas is, for the Georgetown Hoyas, is just taking a look at them and whatever they do in the first half. Because what I've noticed with them is that they have one half where they do a tremendous job. If you, like, lay the points with them in the first half, they cover by, like, 10 points. They do an absolutely amazing job. They will then go in the second half. And they will take all the good things that they did in the first half and completely light them on fire. And they will fail to cover in the second half by about 20 points. And that is a good way to take a look at it. And you just have some of these inconsistent teams. Like the Raiders and Georgetown, I don't think are too far dislike. Like with the Raiders, they were able to have that nice comeback win against the Seattle Seahawks. It looked like they were dead in the water a few times in that game. And then you have Josh Jacobs go out there. He put up 300 all-purpose yards. They get the job done in overtime. You're even able to take a look at their previous win against the LA Chargers. Against the LA Chargers, they get down early, 10 to zero. Looks like it's going to be another long day for the Raiders. And then the Raiders immediately right the ship. They get that win. That one hurt for me because I was on the Chargers in that one in the contest. So I'm still a little bit salty on that one as well. But I've just been noticing it more and more just all across sports. There's less consistency, and I know that Wes and Femi were doing a great job of discussing this as well. It feels like when teams get a lead, and this is true in all sports, I think that you're able to utilize this for not just your football handicapping, but you're able to do it in terms of college basketball. You're able to do it in terms of baseball. You're able to go down the list. Teams get very vanilla. They get very conservative. Like I just still go back to the NCAA tournament game where Georgia State, back in 2015, they were the 14th seed. I think they were playing Baylor in that game. I might be mistaken on that, but I thought they were playing Baylor. I forget if that it was that or the Iowa State game that they were playing, but I mean they were down like 16 points with four minutes remaining, and Baylor just kept bleeding the shot clock. They just they took the basketball, they took a knife, they put they put the knife into the basketball and just completely took stuck the air out of the ball. Every single time Georgia State got, went down, they buried a shot. Meanwhile, Baylor's not even getting shots up, so they don't even have an opportunity to be able to keep their lead where it was. And we find that a lot in sports, and I think that this is very valuable. Now, this requires a lot of research. It requires taking a look at sort of like fourth quarter splits and 
actually watching these games because there's only so much a spreadsheet could tell you, like I was talking about it a little bit earlier. The hardest thing, in my opinion, to quantify in terms of sports, sports betting, go down the list is coaching just because until you have that one quotient in terms of sports betting, you are just never, ever able to find out exactly what is going to be going down there. There's no way to really quantify it. You could do your absolute best. I mean, we all have our coaches' rankings. I mean, like going back to college basketball, we all know that Jay Wright is a pretty good coach. In terms of the NFL, we all know that Mike Tomlin is a pretty darn good coach. And if you think other than anything other than Nathaniel Hackett as a poor coach, I don't know what you're looking at. If you think other, anything other than our good friend Josh McDaniels, who was out there on Thursday night, is doing anything but a bad job, I don't know what to tell you there as well, but that said, I do think that that is always something that is so hard to quantify, and it is a little bit difficult to be taking a look at these scenes that will slash will not collapse, but I feel like with more seasoning, we're able to get into it. Like I always say, I've been trying to give out this one in terms of this network, and it's all true for many, many years with the LA Chargers, and this goes back to back when they were the San Diego Chargers. They have the curse of 60 minutes every single time. They're in a one-score game because they're typically on CBS. What comes up before, like, the final two minutes of the game is you always here, and 60 Minutes is coming up next everywhere except on the West Coast, and that is their cue to do something absolutely stupid. If they're on defense, they give up a very easy touchdown. If whoever has a ball, whether it be Phillip Rivers back in the day or now Justin Herbert, that's his cue to throw an interception as well. So I always think that those are nice betting angles, and we're going to look to get some betting angles next with Rob Fazzoli. He does a great job over there at Hammer Betting Network, and he joins me right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson on the flip side, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's chill mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the chill collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The college bowl season is about to kick up and kick off and VSN has you covered with this year's college football bowl betting guide. This year's guide has picks on the spread and total of every single game from VSN experts and Brent Musburger, Steve Mackinnon. He has his power rankings for every single team and breaks down the motivational factors that affect bowl games, and those are very important. Josh Applebaum will give you insights into bowl betting strategy, and Adam Burke, he is going to be able to give you an edge if you are part of the bowl confidence pools. Give yourself an edge. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe to check out the college football bowl betting guide that is at vcin.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vcin, the Sports Bank Network, and it is great to be joined by Rob Pizzola. He does a great job as the co-founder of Hammer Betting Network and also does a great job with his podcast as well, the Circle Sobs Off podcast. You're able to find that wherever you get your podcast. And Rob, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. By the way, very good episode coming up as I know that you guys had Jeff Benson on here. And I sit over here at Circa, one of the best in the business. So that is a must-watch slash must-listen. And, well... The first 55 or so minutes of this Thursday night football game was not a must-watch or a must-wish. Listen, the last five minutes, very, very intriguing. What are some of your takeaways from this? Because I think my biggest thing is gauging the Rams in the market now that we see this big, giant comeback. And I'm sort of looking at my chops right now thinking that there might be a little bit too much overreaction to the final few minutes of this game. You're probably right about that, but it'll also be interesting to see what the Rams offense looks like when they have a full week to prepare with Baker Mayfield and actually be 10 days or 11 days since they play on Monday night football next against the green Bay Packers. So uh, I do agree. I mean, the Rams offense looked pretty poor for the vast majority of this game. They were just able to figure it out. I think definitely 
Uh, we talked a little bit off air before we came on here, Greg, but you mentioned the Raiders losing this game more than the Rams winning it, and I entirely agree with that. This is the fourth game now this year where the Ra Raiders have blown a 13-point lead and gone on to lose that game. I don't think we necessarily learned anything about either of these teams here, uh, but definitely I think you know Josh McDaniels, it, it goes without saying, like this is just horrible coaching. For that to happen to you that many times over the course of a year, um, you know, it's inexcusable, really. So uh, Raiders, unfortunately, are going to be that team where I think they'll look at the offseason and say a lot of things could have went differently, which is the complete opposite of last year, where I thought they were a very lucky team. The Rams, I mean, I'm still not making the Rams a good team, but uh, it'll be 11 days to prep for the Packers. The Packers, I think, have been overrated in market a lot this year as well. So uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the spot to fade them next week, but, um, you know, the... The offense really didn't do much outside of those final couple minutes. And by the way, the holding penalties on that offensive line. I mean, if they face a pass rush that's any good, they're just going to have continuous holding penalties going forwards. It's it's just a porous offensive line as well. So um, not a ton of key takeaways from tonight. But man, the, the, the last five minutes of that game was pretty incredible to watch. It was pretty incredible, and to your point about the Rams offense as well, beneficiaries of a lot of penalties on that final drive as well because, I mean, the throws had to be made, but at the same time, those throws wouldn't have been made to start out with if it wasn't for the penalty on the interception, the unsportsmanlike after the sack, so you're just able to go down the laundry list for the Raiders, and I do think that that's interesting for the Raiders as well because I do take a look at this team, and I think that they've performed better than a 5-8 and eight team. They have blown now Four different leads of 13-plus points. And what do you make out of a situation like this? Because if you look at the Raiders themselves, I mean, they should have gotten you to the window a few more times than they have if you've bet on them, but you can't get that money back. And I always think that it's one of the hardest things to factor in these teams that they either play really, really well in the final minutes or really, really bad in the final few minutes, which that all comes back to coaching as well. But how do you gauge a team like the Raiders that they have these meltdowns at the end of games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you touched on it there, Greg. And honestly, coaching plays a bigger factor than I think the average fan realizes. Um, you know, ultimately, you look at the Raiders on paper. They don't have a great defense by any stretch of the imagination. Offensively, they should be more consistent than they have been over the course of the year. But they are just continuously done in by bad coaching decisions or they get super conservative at times where they don't need to be conservative. And if I'm Las Vegas in this game... I know you're up 16-3 at one point. The Rams offense is do isn't doing much, but this isn't a defense that you want to win you a game. And I don't think the Raiders should just be trusting their defense to pull through. So I thought they should have still been a little bit more aggressive on offense, try to separate a little bit more than they did. Ultimately, settling for field goals hurts them. But uh, coaching plays a, a big part in the NFL nowadays. We see like these hidden edges. We, we see certain teams that are just able to get more out of their team or certain coaches able to get more out of their team and that manifests itself into covers for us betters. But yeah, it's, I mean, if you're holding a Raiders ticket, uh, minus five and a half, minus six, whatever you bet them on, um, you're going to feel hard done by, by this. And, and really, they had it in the bag. It would be a very frustrating loss for a better. Yeah, it certainly is very, very frustrating to take a look at those like that. It was fun to be able to watch. Thankfully, that was a game that I did not decide to take in the contest and a game that I was really staying away from altogether because I had no idea the Rams were going to be starting until a few minutes before the start of the game as well. So that made things very difficult. And in terms of difficult ordeals, I'm taking a look at the board for this weekend. There are a few games that I'm a little bit puzzled by. And 
How about if we start out with this one? Because I take a look at this Jets and Buffalo Bills game, and I've liked what I've seen out of the Buffalo Bills here in the last few weeks. It feels like they're getting things back online. Josh Allen looks a little bit more healthy, but when it comes to divisional games like this, I just have trepidations laying the big number, and right now we're seeing the Bills as a 10-point favor with a total about 43 to 43 and a half. What do you make out of this game? Because with Mike White, I've liked what I've seen from him as the Jets quarterback. Certainly, he's certainly not on par with someone like a Josh Allen, but I do think that this is an interesting spot with the uh, revenge angle there with the Buffalo Bills. I just don't know if I can get there and lay 10. Yeah, I could see appeal for both sides in this. Obviously, the Jets have a pretty strong defense, and anytime you're getting double digits with a defense like the Jets, uh, I think a lot of people will be inclined to take them. Uh, I, I've been impressed with Mike White so far. Not that he's you know lit it up. I think he did miss some throws against the Vikings last week overall, but I think he's definitely been an upgrade over both Zach Wilson and what we saw from Joe Flacco earlier in the year. But I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on Mike White because a lot of his production has come on screen passes and play action. And when he hasn't, you know, run play action or, uh, you know, a screen pass, really his numbers are not that far off from what Zach Wilson was producing in terms of EPA per dropback this season. I don't think that the Jets have the firepower on offense to keep up with the Bills. I think the Bills offense will get better as time goes on. They did suffer from some injuries midseason, which were hurting them. Obviously, defense still hurting. And, the, you know, the news of Von Miller being out for the season is going to hurt them overall going forwards as well. But uh, I made this game 10 and a half. I make the Bills a 10 and a half point favorite. It's not a game that I'm personally betting this week, but I'd be more inclined to bet Buffalo here. I think that the Jets now, the offense is stepping up in class after facing a bad Bears defense, bad Vikings defense. They actually get a good Bills defense, and I think you'll see the Jets offense look a little bit differently this week. And we were seeing this about 24 hours ago or so, more around the Bills being a nine and a half point favorite. And I feel like that was probably the buy point right there because I could easily see this game landing 10 deer points. So I'm going to be interested to see how this moves over the weekend. This is another game that I do find fascinating because this is a classic game of you've got the team with the far superior record, the team that has been pulling out all these one-possession games. That would be the Vikings. Now they go on the road. They're facing off against the Lions team that ever since they've gotten guys like DeAndre Swift and company back in the fold, they have looked certainly a whole heck of a lot better. But I'm wondering if this is a little bit too much love for the Detroit Lions, a team that has been certainly putting it together, finally being able to get some wins on the board. But now they're facing off against a two-loss Vikings team, and they are the home favorite of between one and a half and two points. What do you make out of this game? Because I look at the Vikings, and I sort of want to take them right now as an underdog, but at the same time, I do have my trepidations that these one-score wins that they keep pulling out, it's going to come up dry here. It's not just that they're pulling out one-score wins. They're doing it in a manner where they're typically getting outplayed in the games as well. I think if you were to just remove the records from the equation here, forget that the Vikings are a 10-win team, forget that the Lions are a 4-win team, and you put their stats profiles side-by-side, especially over the course of the last four to six weeks as well, there's a strong argument to be made that I, the Lions are actually the better team right now, as, as they are you know, going into this week right now. And I think it's no coincidence that the Lions are finally healthy again and that they're playing well again, like they were earlier on in the year. Uh, Amonra St. Brown being in the lineup for Detroit, Detroit is huge for Jared Goff. With him on the field this year, uh, Jared Goff has a .2 EPA per dropback. That ranks fourth amongst the, the 32 starting quarterbacks in the league. Without St. Brown on the field, he would rank 30th out of the starting 32 quarterbacks in the league. And you look back to the previous meeting between these two teams, Greg, 
Minnesota was getting outplayed badly by Detroit in that game at home. What happened in that game? St. Brown got hurt. DeAndre Swift got hurt in the third quarter. And the Lions offense just stopped scoring after that. They couldn't get it together. The Vikings mustered a comeback. So a lot of people will scratch their heads looking at this line and say, well, how are the Lions the ones that are favored in this game? Honestly, there's not much separating these two teams. I actually think Detroit is marginally better than Minnesota right now. I laid it with the Lions already. I still like them at minus two here. Um, I, I just think that eventually it's coming crashing down for the Vikings. It's very hard to just keep escaping week after week after week when you're consistently getting outplayed. Yep, the Vikings have been one of the most entertaining teams in the NFL, to say the least, with the way that they have been in one-score games all season long. And coming up next, we're going to continue to take a look at the Week 14 NFL slate with Rob Zola, who does a great job over there at Hammer Betting Network. And that's up next here on the Great Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Great Peterson Experience is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches they might surprise you because... Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store that is nearest you at Zen.com. That is ZYN.com today. And warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the Great Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, rejoined by Rob Pizzola. He does a great job over at Hammer Betting Network. And Rob, I know that you and my wonderful producer, Jason, off screen were talking a little bit about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I think that this might be the most fascinating game of the week because we were seeing on the look at line, the Baltimore Ravens being about a four and a half point favorite. Now with Lamar Jackson out of the fold, it's going to be Tyler Huntley. This has shifted to the Steelers being a two point favorite. And if you ask me personally, I do think that the line move is a little bit too much in terms of the fall off from Lamar Jackson to Huntley, because I actually do think quite highly of him as a backup quarterback. But I think the bigger question is, did they have the correct number to start with, with the Ravens being a four and a half point favorite? Because this is a Pittsburgh Steelers team that has been playing significantly better the last few weeks and has a really good coach in Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I think the Steelers have been undervalued for at least the last month or so because of the fact that they've played a, like a gauntlet of a schedule to start the year. They've played the toughest schedule of opposing offenses and defenses this season. And of course, that's going to make a team look bad, especially when they were missing TJ Watt for a lot of that. Now, there's a lot that goes into this game this week outside of just Lamar Jackson uh, and the downgrade to Tyler Huntley because you do have Deontay Johnson not practicing for the Steelers and also TJ Watt, two straight, did not practice, which would be a pretty significant blow to that defense if he misses time again. And he didn't really look right playing last week against the Atlanta Falcons. But I will say, I think Huntley's a very serviceable backup. I do think it is a pretty steep drop off. Uh, I value it just under a touchdown drop off. And I, I know Huntley's won some games for them and played a ton of close games for them last year. But if we just look at the Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson, uh, they have a 44% success rate, 41% on third down conversions. With Huntley, 41% success rate, so small drop-off there, but they only convert third downs at a 32% uh, rate since the start of last season with Huntley. So they drop off on third downs, they drop off big time on yards per attempt. 
I think the market adjusted properly for that. I did have some interest in the Steelers until the injury report today. I probably still do a little bit at this point. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be tough to pull the trigger if TJ Watt is limited tomorrow or another did not practice. I, I, I'm going to have to lay off if that's the case because he's just too valuable for the defense. I do agree with you. TJ Watt, one of the most impactful players that you're going to find outside of the quarterback position in the NFL. This is something that we don't find very often, but and it's something that has happened. We've got a not just a 17-point favorite in the NFL, but a 17-point favorite that has risen up to being now a 17-and-a-half-point favorite with the Houston Texans and the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this Texans team has been a big, giant fade, and oftentimes when you do get these very demonstrative numbers, like I always find this with totals in like college basketball where you see something that's like below 120, and you think, man, this is too low. It goes under, and then super high totals, they go over, things like this, but I just still in the NFL, have a tough time laying 17 and a half points with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure where you stand with this one, but I see where the number is coming from. I think it's just gotten up a little bit too far for me to be able to bet this. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that the Cowboys took money. Uh, there was a, a you know service play release earlier today on the Cowboys, but Davis Mills being back in to me is an upgrade for the Texans. So it was a little bit surprising to see that. I thought Kyle Allen was just horrible the last couple of weeks really was confused as to why he was starting in the first place. He ranks dead last in EPA per dropback of any qualified quarterback with at least 70 attempts this season. So Mills is a small upgrade. The Texans, though, are kind of a dead team at this point. They haven't covered the spread in four straight weeks. I know that there's no incentive for Dallas to win by margin here. It's one of those games where they probably just want to win, get out healthy. Uh, there's no real look-ahead spot for them. They play Jacksonville next week. It's not a divisional game or anything along those lines. Uh, but it is a steep price to pay uh, when you do have a team that's probably, like I said, not incentivized to blow them out. From an X's and O's perspective, I can't, I can't really make a strong argument for the Texans. I think some people might convince themselves that Houston will be able to run the ball on Dallas because that's where Dallas is weakest on defense. But what we've seen teams do against Houston recently is just stack the box, force the quarterback to beat them. And I'm not sure the Texans can do that. I think if the Texans cover, it's probably garbage time here. But I wouldn't put it past them to do so because this is, like you said, Greg, a very, very big number. We just don't see numbers like this in the NFL too often. So definitely wouldn't lay it with Dallas. It's Houston or nothing. For me, though, I, I just don't want a piece of the Texans right now. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people are sort of in that conundrum as well. Do you take 17 and a half with the Texans or do you just stay away from the game and I think that this could be a case of which a stay away might honestly be the best way to go. You don't need that sweat in your life in this one. And I know that we were leading off the last segment talking about that Rams versus Raiders game, talking a lot about coaching. And I want to talk about a game that is involving a coaching mismatch. Well, I give it to you right here. The New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. As yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, who just has not gotten the job done with regards to the Arizona Cardinals. Meanwhile, for the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, I know that you could say what you will about the last few seasons, but, I mean, the guy has won so many Super Bowls. He has had so much success that it's not even funny. And as of right now, we're seeing the Patriots between a one-and-a-half to a two-point road favorite. This is going to be the old Monday Night Football game. Where do you stand in terms of this game? Because in terms of talent and talent alone, I do think that the Arizona Cardinals actually have quite a bit of it. And with DeAndre Hopkins out there, I mean, it really does positively affect this Arizona Cardinals team at the same time. I just have such big trepidations taking a shot on a coach like Cliff Kingsbury in a primetime game like this. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, Kingsbury is is a huge cause for concern, especially when you consider the way that he's closed down the stretch, whether that's at the college level, the NFL level. His teams have always struggled in the latter half of the season. But ultimately here, I like New England in this game because I think that they have a big mismatch with their defensive line or their defensive front seven against the Arizona offensive line. And I know a lot of people are talking about DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown on the field together finally for Arizona. But if Kyler Murray doesn't have time in the pocket, I'm not sure how much that matters. And Arizona suffered just too many offensive line injuries this year in order to be competitive. They take on a team that's one of the best passing rush, pass rushing teams in all of football with like all of their offensive linemen on IR, DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, Rodney Hudson. Like these are three key offensive linemen for them that they're just not there. So I don't think the O-line is going to hold up. On the other side of things, I think people are very uh, quick to overreact to every single New England game on offense. And I think it's pretty easy to figure out if New England plays a tough defense, they're probably going to struggle moving the ball like they did against Buffalo, like they did against the Jets. When they take a step down in class, Mac Jones seems to look fine like he did against the Vikings on Thanksgiving. And I don't think the Cardinals have enough in terms of a pass rush or a secondary. Uh, we'll have to see if Byron Murphy ends up returning for Arizona. That would be a big one if he's out again. But I think the opportunity for success is there for the Patriots offense uh, indoors as well. So I think there's a bit of a short price. I made it a bit higher. I, I like New England on Monday Night Football. Yeah, being able to get below a field goal, in my opinion, on this game does present quite a bit of value with the Patriots. And then I think we've really got to talk about this team moving forward as well because they're one of the most intriguing in the NFL. That'd be the 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game because with the Bucs, what we saw last from them was that dramatic fourth quarter comeback that they were able to pull off against the Saints. Meanwhile, you've got a 49ers team that they looked pretty good with Brock Purdy out there, but that said, you've got a rookie quarterback now that was Mr. Irrelevant in the NFL draft, surrounded by really good weapons and a really good defense. And as a result, 49ers, three and a half point favorite right now. Where do you stand in terms of this game? Because I just still have a tough time backing this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team because I take a look at the weapons around Tom Brady and Tom Brady himself, and he's aged quite a bit. And for the 49ers, it just feels like they've got so many advantages on the Buccaneers in this game. I agree with you, except at the quarterback position. Um, so the total in this game is 37. Inherently, the points are going to be more valuable with the underdog whenever you have a low total in a game. But uh, this could just be how I rate the quarterbacks. I think it's an immense drop-off from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the most underrated quarterback in the league. And I think he really thrives in this Kyle Shanahan system. And we've seen many quarterbacks come in to replace Jimmy G and just not have that same success. In Garoppolo starts as a 49er. He averages 2.35 points per drive. All other quarterbacks, 1.66 points per drive. On top of that, Garoppolo in the red zone, 59% red zone touchdown rate. All other quarterbacks, 48% red zone touchdown rate. Our prior on Brock Purdy is that of a seventh round quarterback. I know he played well last week, but now you're going to give Todd Bowles, uh, who is a very good defensive head coach, a full week of game tape to go over that. I just don't see the 49ers separating and winning this game by margin all too often. So uh, I'm intrigued with the Buccaneers here. I haven't bet the Bucs in maybe at all this season. If I'm being completely honest with you, I'm very, very down on this team. But I don't think the market has quite adjusted enough to Garoppolo's absence in this game. Uh, so I've bet Tampa Bay in this spot. There's still three and a half on the board. I, I like the Bucs getting three and a half. Yeah, but I do think that the hook on that three could be very important in this game as well. And it's always important to the show to have great guests. And Rob, you certainly fit the bill. I always appreciate the time, my friend. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. Rob Pizzola does great work over there at the Hammer Betting Network. And coming up next, we're going to talk a little college basketball here on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You're experienced. 
experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook here calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with the World Cup in full swing. Now is the perfect time to check out Bet Rivers, log into Bet Rivers every single match day and receive a bet on behalf of Bet Rivers when you place a wager of at least $25. Bet Rivers has the latest odds, lines, and boosts to be able to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. It is great to be joined by our guest as Eli Hershkovich. He does great work over there at the lines. And Eli, I know that you've got a few podcasts of your own, including Outside Shots. And it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk with you, Greg. The Outside Shots podcast with myself, Scott Phillips, who used to work over at NBC College Basketball Talk, breaking down everything college basketball betting, just like you're doing on your podcast. Absolutely. And Scott, a man that... I remember reading a lot of his articles while he was over there at NBC. A very <laughs> good mind when it comes to college basketball. And you are as well, Eli. And Eli, I know that you've got a little bit of a position that you have taken in the futures market on UConn, a team that I have been thoroughly impressed with thus far this season. It looks like they do have all the goods. Take me through what you've seen out of UConn, price that you got, and if you'd still take a shot on them right now. Yeah, so I bought, I hate to get myself not trying to be that person that that comes on the show and gives themselves a pat on the back, but going to have to do so in this instance, in terms of the number, by no means is there any sort of closing futures value at this point in the season. But I bet UConn during their run in the PK 85, bet them at 60 to one, 66 to one specifically after that Alabama blowout in the second half, when they trucked them, hit some big threes. And I was on this UConn team last year. I bet them to win the title last year and going into the off season, after they lost in the first round, back-to-back first-round exits for Dan Hurley, you lose R.J. Cole, you lose Tyrese Martin, Tyler Polly, Isaiah Whaley, and another backup point guard. And I was thinking, okay, where's the depth going to come from for this Huskies team in 2022 and 2023 season? And they arguably are the deepest team in the country. And not only that, you have Adama Sunogo, who has become one of the best all-around bigs in college basketball, right up there with Zach Eady, even though Zach Eady's probably going to win the Wooden Award. You can make the case that if Sonogo, Sonogo had more rebounds to on his stat sheet, that he would be the best player in the country. You have a really good all-around wing in Andre Jackson, who's, I believe, top 200, top 150 in assist rate. So the one concern with the Huskies is, they rebound the ball well. You have Donovan Klingon as well, the backup Adama Sonogo. But turnover rate is a little concerning. But the fact that you have a playmaker at the center spot in Sonogo, who's refined his passing in a big way, you have a playmaker in Andre Jackson and a really good rebounder, too, at that. This UConn team is so well-rounded that, honestly, I feel the best about it uh, among all of my futures positions. Yeah, but I really have loved what I've seen out of UConn as well. And what typically does lead you to just take it a little bit of a shot on the futures? Because with regards to futures value, I always think that it's a little bit harder preseason. I always feel like you need a couple just data points in general to know what you're getting, especially in this day and age of the transfer portal, because you'd be really hyped up about a guy or two coming in. But 
when you've seen some of these guys just come up St. Guys, and then you've got someone like a Dane Danger, for example. He comes into Illinois. I really wasn't expecting a whole lot of him, and he's been able to make a nice impact for this team. So what are some of the things that you take a look at? Because there's just a lot to weigh out, both with a team and how they're looking and just getting the best of the number as well. Yeah, and with that Illinois team specifically, I was very impressed, especially with Jaden Epps, who allowed them to come back from that five-point deficit with 50 seconds to go. But going back to UConn, just to answer your question and try to contextualize it a bit, you're looking for a bigger number at the beginning of the season. Now, I was already invested in in Texas, which looks good. They have a shot at a one or a two-seed Florida. That was back, actually, right after the Masters ended in Colin Castleton was uh, on the verge of going back to the Gators and that one hasn't worked out, but you're looking for bigger numbers for a team that has the upside of a one, a two, maybe a low end three seed in this UConn team to me, looking back at what they had last year, I saw uh, Dama Sanogo become that all around presence while cutting weight and what he did in the peak 85, besides the Iowa state game when he was into foul trouble, but then this UConn team is top 10 in not only adjusted defensive efficiency, Greg, but also adjusted offensive efficiency per Kempom. So you're looking for a well-rounded team that can score in multiple ways, that can stop you in multiple ways. And also what I love about the Huskies is they're so good at creating second chance shots so they can alter the pace of the opponent and they play just about middle of the pack in terms of adjusted tempo. So Again, they could beat you in so many different ways. And with that big of a number for a team that I liked going back to last season, I, I decided to take a shot. Yep, I do not blame you for being able to take that shot as it has been really interesting to take a look at them all season long. And I know it, it's a little bit of a light slate in terms of college basketball on Friday, but I know you've got a few football plays as well. And a game that I've been talking about quite a bit on this show all week long is just taking a look at this Lions versus Vikings game because we find it in college basketball the time. You've got a team with a really, really good record. They've looked very impressive, but they find themselves the underdog against a team that is sub-500. And we've got that here with the Lions and the Vikings and the Vikings currently about a one-and-a-half to a two-point underdog. Bills any between 51-and-a-half and 52. And for the Vikings, yeah, they've got that better record. But I just have a little bit of a fear right now that the well is going to run dry on those one-possession wins that they've been able to get. Lions have been looking much more impressive ever since DeAndre Swift has gotten back in the fold. Where do you stand in this one? Because I do think that with the Lions, they do have a few data points that you need to throw out with all those injuries that they suffered in like early to mid-October. Yeah, especially with DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown, who, who really allows this offense and, and Jared Goff to have that number one receiver, which he has ascended to this season in his first year with the Lions. But you think about, or second year with the Lions, I should say, but you think about what DeAndre Swift means to this offense. And the Lions have a top five expected points added per play. So EPA per play with Swift in the lineup. And you go back to the Vikings, and these two teams faced off back in week three. The Lions were right there in terms of yards per play. I think maybe the Vikings outgained them just slightly in that category. But Detroit had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. And that was one of the Vikings, one of their uh, nine wins that came by a possession, like you mentioned. So it's a revenge spot for the Lions, for a team that's trying to inch their way into the playoff picture in a wild card scenario. But not only has Minnesota outperformed, the expectation in terms of their results at by one score, but they've outperformed it in a big time way, because you look over the last 20 seasons, 
There have been 53 teams to start 10 and two in their respective NFL campaigns. And the Vikings have the worst point differential among all of them. So it just goes to show you how fortunate and how positive variance has been on their side. Jared Goff, just looking at this matchup against the Vikings secondary has the number one accuracy rating against zone defenses. This Viking secondary under Ed Donatel Vikings defense in general, but against the pass is very susceptible in that shell coverage bottom 10 in terms of pass DVOA per pro football or football outsiders. So very intrigued by the lines. I bet them at plus two and a half on the opener on Sunday. And I think I would still bet them at the current number. I think that it's such an interesting number right now because we have seen a lot of action come in on the Lions. We shall see where the betting market is going to be in. A little bit of a pro tip, vston.com slash subscribe. Getting back to the Raiders from early on in our number one. <laughs> if you've been bet- burnt by a team time and time again, and sometimes it's best to just lay off of them and not take them once again. And a team that burnt me a few weeks ago is the LA Chargers, but now they're in a little bit of a different scenario. This was a look at line of a pick Now we're finding them even in some places where I sit here at Circa as a three and a half point underdog. And certainly when you get up to three and a half, I'm starting to see some value here with the Chargers. Totals anywhere between 52 and 52 and a half. What's your breakdown of this game? Because with the Chargers at the pick'em line, a little bit of a tough time with it. Starting to give me three to three and a half points. I'm willing to buy in. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the Chargers, Greg. I, I bet them at plus money at, at plus three. I think I got a plus 105 ticket on the Chargers uh, around the key number of a field goal. But I, I don't think last week was an anomaly with Tua and the Dolphins offensive struggles, because if you look at how well he's played in the second half or granted, he got pretty lucky in that Steelers game because Pittsburgh dropped about four or five picks in the rain. But not only did they beat the Steelers with with that in consideration, they went on the road against a bad Detroit secondary. I know I just talked up Detroit, but they're their secondary is definitely <laughs> exploitable. Agreed. They went on the road in Chicago against an exploitable Bears defense and then Cleveland at home and then the Texans as well. So I, I think two is quote unquote MVP campaign granted not going to win MVP, but in terms of him being in the mix for an upper echelon season, I think we're we're due for some reg- uh, continued regression with Tua off of last week off of those. Uh, concerns against the 49ers. The Chargers can generate pressure. This Miami offensive line can be exploited as well in that respect. And then you think about the Chargers getting healthier as well. Mike Williams back. Herbert can definitely expose this Dolphin secondary on the flip side. I do agree. And I, what I always agree with is Eli doing great work. Big thanks to him joining me. And coming up next, it is that time that I give you my DK Nation pick for college basketball here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 